Hi, everyone. Welcome to Class Zimbabweans. What's next? You know, I've been featuring software developers from Zimbabwe or in Zimbabwe. And today I have with me Brendan T. Bande, who is also a software developer. And we're going to learn all about his journey. And he's been gracious enough to give us his time. So uh, welcome to the podcast, Brendan. Thank you, Nyasha, for inviting me to the podcast. I think for this one, the honor is all mine. Oh, no. <laughs> Trust me, it's yours. So before we get into it, maybe tell me, actually, this is a question I've never asked anybody. What made you interested to come on this podcast? Because I think you were one of the first people to just say, I think I put out a form and then you were just like, you know what? I will come into the podcast. Why? Well, the thing is, uh, I just looked at what you were trying to do. I think I must have uh, responded to the form. Uh, that was early in December, right? Yeah. And, and there were not so many guests by then, uh, not those that I really know of. So it was more like uh, you were talking about the issues that affect developers, uh, the journeys that developers had to undertake in. I just wanted to be a part of such a wonderful initiative. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And I think that takes also courage, maybe cheese. Yes, like, ah, it was just filling out a form. But a lot of people are afraid to do these things. And some people came to me much later. Please don't feel bad that people came much later. And um, some <laughs> people are still like, do I want to be on this podcast? Like, it's just talking and it's history, really. Like, imagine if us growing up we had um also videos of other software developers who are Zimbabwean from the 70s 80s because they did exist but there's no trail of that and so you are one of the people who's sharing your journey and who knows maybe Zimbabweans in the 3000s will be like ah that's what they did back in the 2020s and stuff. <laughs> so that's my goal uh okay so start by telling me your story who are you What's your journey been to software development? Okay, so yeah, as mentioned before, uh, my name is Brandon T. Bande, and I'm you glad you cannot that leave out the T. That is part of me, never leave it out. <laughs> so, yeah, currently, um, I would like to call myself a freelance developer uh, specializing in front end web development. Uh, so, yeah, my journey is, uh, I started developing, please don't laugh at me, I just wanted to impress a girl. So I kind of uh, wrote a script. Uh, yeah. For her, it was, yeah, it was uh, super for her and all. So, you know, that was the first time I had to register. Which year is stuff. this? Which year are we talking about? Oh, that was in 2013. Oh, that was really young. Yeah, I was saying everything that no one else had done, and yeah, it kind of worked. Then uh, after that, uh, I didn't really go into coding that much. Like, I didn't have the exposure that uh, other people had. Like, in my hood, in my neighborhood, there are no developers. Uh, the best... People who are in IT are those maybe who have uh, office jobs and all, uh, typewriting, you know, nothing's into development. So I didn't venture into it that uh, that much. Then uh, in my first year in uni, that is when I started uh, getting some interest in, you know, in developing. Uh, I got into this because I wanted to hear, uh, you know, the movie stuff, uh, create, create games, but, up to now, as I'm still not able to do that. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that is how I got into tech. Then uh, for me to get really serious into tech, I had to join Google Developer Students Clubs at Midland State University. And I was impressed by what other people were doing. Uh, so I just started learning PHP. Yeah, I know there's talk about PHP being an ancient language and all. But that is where I started. Uh, so yeah, with PHP, I could do some backend. 
uh, just the basics. Uh, then uh, we had to go for lockdown because men you uh, started in 2018 uh started joining clubs in 2020 i think then we had to go for lockdown and during lockdown you know i was broke uh like really really broke so this other lady from uh i mean you were also a student you were also a student so it's okay to be broke <laughs> you were a student right uh yeah, I was a student, but uh, you know, even for a student, I was really broke. Hmm. So when the when the lady came with uh, her project, like it was a, a final, it was a final semester project, yeah, two two projects, and, and she was looking for help, and you know, I was just like, uh, how about we just do this together? Uh, because I want to learn. I'm bored. I don't have anything to do. Uh, it's locked down. I'm always home doing nothing. So how about we help each other with these projects? And we actually did, the project came out fine. Uh, and she paid me some, you know, it wasn't much, but it was enough for me to buy a time and stuff. Uh, and what then was she started the project? It was an online shopping, like a, a simple online shopping uh, project. Nothing too big, you know, something that they could just show to their supervisors, to their lecturers. Uh, just to show what they were learning. Oh, so like a proof of concept of some sort. Yeah, something like that. Okay, there were no actual people using it. Uh, I would have refused if actual people had to use it because, you know, my career was going to go into the train before it started. Why? It was that bad. Like, looking oh. back at it, uh, it is something that I would, you know, I'm even ashamed to admit that I did that, but it was a starting point. So, yeah, we all have to start from the bottom, and that was my bottom. No, that uh, is then, uh, great. I think even yeah, doing yeah. a project is, you have no idea how many software developers are out there who don't have any project to call their own that they did end. To, you did it end to end, right? Uh, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, you know, just piecing pieces together, nothing serious, you know, nothing formal. Just what they just wanted something to show the supervisors. So, yeah, that is what I did. Something that they could show the supervisors, but I'm not proud of it. Okay. So, honestly. what projects are you proud of? Mm, uh, there was a demo website for United Methodist Church, mm -hmm. uh, Sunningdale. Unfortunately, they didn't go on to launch it, but uh, I'm really fan of that. I'm really proud of that baby. Like, you know, when I look back at it, uh, I'm just so proud of it because not only did I get to learn a lot of things, but, you know, the designer in me just came out, you know, and I doubt that uh, it will come out the way it did uh, back then. What many things did you learn? Uh, that was my first time trying to, you know, consume APIs. Uh, first mm, of all, yeah. was for me, for me, it was just about hard coding stuff. Uh, but then, you know, I had to consume APIs, uh, putting the maps link to YouTube. It, it was just a cool project for me. And yeah. Yeah. And also the pace uh, in the big that I got from that project, you know, uh, going to church with someone and saying, oh, we're doing this for the church and everyone, you know, they were not as tech savvy as most people who, uh, who come to the podcast. Uh, so to a normal person, what I did, it was exceptional, you know, I became yeah. the IT guru in the world overnight. Don't worry about being tech savvy. I don't think this podcast is about, you know, I don't know, having built some personal digital assistant from scratch or something cool. Like we want a story like yours. Okay, so it sounds like you're from Sunningdale. I don't know if I should put it out there. Uh, uh, big Ben, I was from Sunningdale. Uh, but at the moment... My location is not to be disclosed, uh, top secret. 
Oh yeah, yeah. That should definitely be a secret. Like <laughs> you with such a bright future out there, I'm sure you have a lot of enemies. Like I can relate, you know, the success is too much. <laughs> and <laughs> we cannot put it out there. But okay, so you grew up in Sunningdale. Yeah, kind of wrong there. Uh Chitungiza. Chitungiza. But, what was it uh, like? What was it like growing up there? Uh, just general life or career related. General, like what what stands out to you? Like what highlights do you have? How did you shape how you see the world at all? Uh, well, growing up in Chitungiza, uh, Chitown is out like you call it. I don't know, like, uh, it wasn't that good for me hmm. because, uh, okay, here's the thing. I didn't have as much exposure as other people. And, you know, those are those are the things that people would struggle with. Uh, they were just too easy for me. So, you know, I just felt like uh, I was bigger than the place in a way. Uh, hmm. So I didn't, let's just say I didn't have anything that was challenging to do. So it was just boring. But as you know, now getting to meet people from different walks of life, uh, uh, you know, with uh, different kinds of challenges, uh, monsters that they're facing, I'm actually glad that I could grow up there. Yeah. Yeah, I have a similar experience too. And not that I felt bigger and like, ah, oh, this is too whatever for me, but I think I just knew I had to break out <laughs> like I was looking for a way out and um uh not that the place my dreams could not come to fruition but I think there's just more opportunities out there and once you start meeting different people like you said you're like what like why was I being forced to <laughs> care about what I wear how I walk in the neighborhood or silly petty things you know like who's your father what car does do they drive um oh you're coming home back late like stupid things that had to be in your mind the whole time you're passing through and so um yeah I think it's nice to finally break out and be a bigger self and continue to dream to be bigger okay so all right so you talked about how it was in high school and you're trying to you know do something creative fancy eccentric for somebody and you get into software development and then so at MSU, you actually studied um, something in the tech field. What did you study? I studied telecommunications engineering. Is it, is it common for people doing telecommunications to get into computers, to get into software development? Or what do they typically get into? Uh, usually, we don't really have to get into developer in the developer lifestyle. Because we are usually dealing with equations or and you know, mess being my nemesis, I had to find somewhere, you know, work out where I could just view it on because I didn't enjoy, you know, the the equation, the physics. It was just it just wasn't for me. But you know, coming um, to a club like uh, Google Developers, I just felt at home. I could be creative, you know, I could implement something. So yeah. That what is, made you what made you join the club? What made you join the club? First of all, they had cool swag. Uh <laughs> I would I would have been, you know, I don't know, I would have been over the moon if I could get one of the teachers that they had back then. But yeah, I failed to get one. But you know, uh the other thing that made me join the club was I had a project that I wanted to submit for the hot press competition and I had zero developer skills. So I had to look for somebody who could help me and I thought the club was the best place to find such a person. Like when do you start looking for a job related to software development and how do you secure it? What was the process like? Uh, for me, now that uh, I've recently graduated, 
I think I won't be looking for a job anytime soon. I'm just trying to come up with, you know, something of my own, uh, some kind of a startup. And yeah, when I failed uh, in a way that satisfies me, that is when I'll either go for masters or, or you know, maybe resign to being a worker for the rest of my life. Wow. Wow. Walk me through that decision. Okay, so yeah, uh, the thing is, uh, besides being involved in tech clubs, I've been also involved in those, you know, that teacher entrepreneurship. And, you know, just looking at the current landscape, uh, how much developers are being paid per month, uh, it's not motivating enough for me to, you know, dive into the, into the industry. So I think I should just give it a try and, see if I can get more than the developers. Uh, and, you know, I have a, a wonderful work-life balance because the developers that I know, they, are, they overwork. And I wouldn't want something like that for myself. So do you have a plan for this, Um, you know, you venturing into something new for yourself? Like, what is your plan? The one that I'll be focusing on is uh, I want to come up with something that is in edutech. Uh, because it is going to be a startup, I can tell what it is. You know, you never know who's going to hear, who's going to take the idea further. And yeah, but there's something that is lined up uh, that if all goes well, uh, by June, I think I'll have something that is tangible. And I am, I don't know if I can say proud because, you know, I haven't seen the product, but I'm, I'm, glad you even started this thing and um, I'm glad you are venturing into that it's not only going to be good for whoever your users are but it's also inspirational to so many people and I like to see that type of work and I hope it's going well so in terms of do you have a team assembled like um, how are you approaching the project uh I'm just starting from the basics, you know, one step at a time. Uh, I've done what other people would call the needs analysis. Uh, I've looked at the landscape uh, before diving into it. I've noted what I think are the missing gaps, uh, which is what I've been doing for the past month or so. And I have a plan on now. I'm Uh, I'm now on the stage looking at the, I wouldn't call it a prototype. Uh, I think the pilot Wait, wait, product. Brendan. Brendan, like you froze the, from the time you're like, I'm, I've done the needs analysis. So start from there. Yo, this network is going to kill me someday. But <laughs> in his, uh, <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, so I've done the needs analysis. Uh, I've looked into the, into the landscape, the education landscape, uh, I've seen the gap that I think I'll, I'll, you know, I can exploit uh, not only to get money for myself, but, you know, to make uh, some, to make some change. Uh, not only in my community, but in the country. Then uh, I've also outlined uh, the step that I'm going to take. I know what is going to, you know, what is coming after each and every stage. Uh, and now I think uh, I'm at the stage uh, in which I'm going to be developing the, you know, the pilot products. Uh, because I wouldn't call it a prototype. It's not uh, going to be shown to anyone, you know, uh, but it is actually going to be launched to the world uh, sometime soon. Do you have any people who are with you along the journey? Are you doing it all by yourself? Uh, for this one, I think I'll do it by myself. Unless I get someone I can really, really trust. Hmm. Okay, I'm not one to give advice. I mean, do your thing. But all I'm going to say is, but are you consulting any other developers or any people for advice? Yeah, of course I have to do that. Okay. Of course, they won't, be know, they won't be knowing that, you know, they are contributing to the project. It is just yeah. me asking for advice, but... Uh, I can do it on that one. Yeah, that's uh, what I was going to say. Side, 
yeah no one is an island and you don't want to reinvent things that have already been done uh what were you saying about the plus side uh there is now chat gpt so (laughs) even if the developers don't show up i think i'll be covered there that is true that is true and also what i was gonna say is you could put your idea out there um i've done that before Trust me, like it's all gonna come down to who is gonna stick with the idea and keep building it and stay organized for a longer time. So who's gonna be consistent, disciplined, and organized for a longer time? Like, no, and usually if it's your idea and you are the one who is most passionate about it, people could find out and they still won't be able to do the same thing. I also have examples where people have actually stolen ideas, so it could go either way. But I think um, if it did slip out to somebody, like, don't be stressed out. You are the owner. You are the one with the most passion towards the project, and they could try. It's not going to be the same um, as you. And even if they created the same platform, I think sometimes competition is good. I mean, look at Chat GBT. Like now, Google wants to do something <laughs> similar. I'm pretty sure they might have been like, ah, production, this will release after five months. Now they are <laughs> they are on their feet. Like everyone is competing. And I think competition means there is greater um there is people are going to produce better results and if you found out someone was actually trying to do something similar to you you'd be like okay i have been trying to do this in two months <laughs> i'm gonna do this in two weeks like so competition is good it's good uh okay and um i am really glad to hear about your entrepreneurship journey but what um what advice then would you give somebody who's trying to decide between um who doesn't know where to start like in terms of what can i build because i'm pretty sure is you see i don't know you pro you probably see a lot of opportunities that other people don't see that you could use you know that could um benefit from tech so how would you help somebody who is like man, what is there to build? What can I even build? Like how is somebody who landed on something that you believe in? Well, for somebody like that, uh, I think... uh, And you know they exist, right? You've seen people like that, right? I've been a person like that uh, (laughs) sometimes before, so... Yeah. So I think the advice I would have given to my younger self is, okay, look at what you have, uh, use what you have uh, for that moment. Because I still remember for quite a while, there was a time when I wanted to learn uh, mobile application development. But, you know, uh, the hardware that I had, uh, you know, it was uh, it was terrible. It couldn't handle that. Uh, and for some time, I think I was just stuck, you know, just saying that, oh, okay, on my tech journey, I want to learn Flutter, but I don't, I just don't have the resources. But then uh, after discovering that, okay, the hardware that I had cannot suit uh, a mobile application development, but it can do basic website development. So why don't I just start with that? And that is how, you know, I got the push to kind of start on the journey. And that is what I would tell someone who was trying to follow up that, start with what you have. Uh, you either pivot later or you you either pivot later or you know you just uh, depend on skills that would stem goes. Would you tell us the day in the life of an MSU student in STEM or telecom in general? And then after that you also tell us a day in the life of someone with a startup. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I wouldn't. I, I don't think I'm qualified to talk about a day in the life of someone with a startup, but I can Who tell you. Who is about... formulating a startup after college? Yeah, after university. Okay, uh, for that I think I will be able to answer the question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I think uh, for me, the. For me, uh, uh, I spend most of my time 
interacting with people. Like uh, there is more that you learn from people than you know, than uh just start doing the tech side because sometimes you end up building solutions that nobody really needs. So usually uh I'm just uh interacting with people with uh, students uh, mostly, uh you know just hearing about you know what they face uh what what uh, possible reasons would they uh, be behind the picture that you know there's uh there's a drop in pass rates and all so I'm trying to understand uh the like the major cause the root cause of all that and the only way that I can do that is by understanding the people first of all uh I've heard people talking about uh, already existing platforms and in a way uh, I think I'm now in a position to state why they won't work because I interact with the people. Then uh, because we don't really have much power most of the time, uh, I'm forced to do that. Then some of the time, uh, if we have power, I mean to research uh, what tools do I need. Uh, for for example, like uh, the libraries that I have to, you know, instead of reinventing the wheel, I have to look for libraries that I have to use, uh, experiment with them. Then uh, some other times when I'm not in the mood for coding, for researching, I'm just trying to design my pitches, uh, practice them, because I know there will come a time where I have to market those things. And uh, if I try to do it without uh, much time, without much, pre much preparation, I doubt that there will be as much effective. So now that uh, I have time, I don't have pressure, uh, I'm just trying to make sure that I have it in me. If you ask me to give a an elevator pitch, uh, I'm trying to make sure that I'll be able to give it without, you know, without uh, trying to gather my thoughts or something. So yeah, that is it. Uh, and it's all thanks to the fact that uh, I'm now officially an unemployed graduate. So that means I have all the time to do all that stuff, but I don't know, given a job or something, whether I'd be able to do that. But as for now, that is my lifestyle, and it is good for good enough for me. Okay, I was hoping you would also go into like your routine, like from when do you wake up, what do you then do, at what point do you start <laughs> talking to people, at what point does this happen? Yeah, I'm one person who doesn't really have a routine. Uh, some okay. days I wake up at three, some days I wake up at three, some days I wake up at five, uh, some days I wake up at eleven. Yeah, some days I do that. What will be there to do? Uh sometimes let's just say I use an unfinished task. And you know, I just force myself to go to sleep without without so finishing. And then and then your brain is like Brandon, Brandon, yeah, Brandon, Brandon. Like, <laughs> my guy, my guy, you know, like there's something that we should have done yesterday. Wake up and do it. Yeah. Sometimes I'm just like, I want to sleep and oh, but you and know, it's like the no. brain it controls the body. Yeah. It's like, I well, you're it. not gonna sleep. <laughs> yeah, the brain does yeah, that. And it makes sure that you don't. Yeah. That happened to me in college. Like if I didn't finish an assignment. It would try to do the assignment in my sleep. <laughs> so I would uh, so that means I wouldn't be sleeping at all. I would be wake working out the equations. I would be making, I would be submitting the Java code and putting different, I don't know, for loops, whatever, to make it work, debugging the code. <laughs> and so eventually I'll be like, you know what? It's better I don't sleep and finish this. But okay, that's good to know. Um, I mean, I think the situation is unfortunate as well, where people as talented as software developers and as pivotal and as important as software developers are not being paid enough in the country to the point where they're like, you know what? I can have a job after I graduate. So hopefully it changes. Um, what do you think it would take to change that so that more people getting into this career, which is so important, um, get paid enough and they know they have so much value in society? 
Well, I think, uh, first of all, you know, we as uh, developers, we have to be united before going to make a stand for that. Was other in, in uh, you know, let's just say in the past, uh, I've heard people talking about, you know, how you, should, how you should price your website, how you should price your mobile applications. And usually the solution that people come up with is, uh, if someone comes with a certain amount that is below the threshold that we would all have agreed on, we're not going to take the job. But I find out that there will always be two or three people who are taking the job. And at the end of the day, people just know that uh, it's just a waiting game. If someone says that uh, what you're paying is too little, uh, you just wait until the next developer who is coming in is willing to accept uh, less than mm. that. So I, I, so I think if we are united, then uh, maybe we could, you know. Have a was, base uh, price, a minimum price that we accept for certain projects. Yeah, something like that. Wow. Then uh, the other thing is we really need the exposure. Like, we really need to know what is happening out there. Because if it wasn't for Google Developer Student Clubs, uh, I think I'll still be writing scripts to impress girls, not trying to solve a community problem or something. So I think the exposure is needed. We need to get um, those young developers, you know, give them a glimpse of what it is like, you know, at the highest levels. And I'm glad that there are so many communities, so many programs that are able to do that. And I think uh, that will help to change, you know, the way people perceive things, especially when it comes to developers. Because uh, if I look at it, like uh, at the moment, uh, if someone is not uh, happy with the way they're paid locally, they can just go for remote gigs. Yeah. But you find out that there's, uh, there are some developers who don't even know how to get those. So those developers end up settling for whatever is there uh, in Usually, that is not their worth. How do people get remote gigs? Have you gotten remote gigs before? Yeah, I've gotten a couple. And for me, it wasn't because I I went to a certain platform or something. But it was through referral. Because... I'm one of the one of the few people that I really know who is loud about what they do. It's a surprise that I even divulged any secrets about uh, the startup that I'm working up on. Uh, but usually I tell people about what I'm doing. If I'm doing JavaScript at that moment, I'm just going to, you know, to talk as if I'm a pro. It's like I've discovered something new with it. And, you know, through that, people started knowing that, oh, there's this guy who's doing web development. And from the way he talks, uh, it looks as if it's good. So whenever they got gigs that relate to uh, React, uh, that relate to JavaScript, they were always passing them to me. And yeah, I told you, uh, I didn't tell you about uh, the time I disappointed the client, uh, but there was a time where I disappointed the client. And you know what happened was I got a gig that was too big for me. And I wanted the money, first of all. Uh, then I also lied to myself that I could do it. And from that moment, you know, uh, I've learned that if something is too big for, for me, I just pass it to the next person. You know, like, uh, yeah. So that is that is how the game goes. Uh, you tell people about what you do. If they hear something that's related, they will just pass it to you. So by building networks, you know, uh, expanding your circles, more opportunities will eventually come along. That's... I haven't gotten any gig. Oh, go ahead. Okay, so I was saying that uh, I haven't gotten any gig from from any online platform. It was just through referrals. Wow. And when I'm referred a gig, if I'm not able to do it, I also refer it to someone. And that is how the circle, you know, keeps on going on and uh everyone eventually gets a piece of the pie. That is so cool because I'm thinking that even for me, when I was when I wanted to work with some Zim developer for something I was working on, it was my sister was like, hey, I know this person with this name and I know they do software development, talk to them. 
So it's one of those things where if you really brand yourself and you make it known to people that you are a developer, you are the first person that comes to those people's minds and people are so helpful in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, so that is an important thing, remote gigs for people who need money. Um, I I went on this website called, called Upwork to other people who actually want websites so you can find that. And I remember I was like, man, where are the Zimbabwean developers? I mean, there's a couple, maybe 10. Uh, I'll see if I can invite them to the show actually. Um, and so for anyone looking for money out there, that's a good platform to go on. But like you said, sometimes the projects are too big for you. I've definitely worked with developers where I've been like, I'm also a developer, like this shouldn't be a struggle. Why am I the one debugging why your IntelliJ isn't is showing you this error, you know? And then it's disappointing. But I think yeah. for a country that's employment opportunities are few, oh my gosh, developers, you should be making money. You should be bringing the income back home because there is a need for them. Like I'm saying, like there are so many jobs on Upwork and other freelancing platforms and it comes down to, can you do it? Do you believe in yourself? Do you have the skills? Have you been working on projects with other people or yourself where you've, you know, leveled up to be able to accomplish that? A second important thing that you talked about is the exposure, which is making me think you brought me to this idea where I'm like, Okay, Google developer um, students did, did something for you. Now I'm thinking there are so many Zimbabwean developers all around the world, all around the world. And some of them in such influential positions. And I wonder if they could even do like they could come to Zimbabwean schools or I don't know if they have the money to fund people to go out and have some like conference of some sort, but that would be something really cool. And I know that would be something like if I was in some Netherlands office of, um, I don't know, whatever tech company, I'm pretty sure it would be boring, but okay, not boring in a bad way, but like, you know, the normal life. And there would be new excitement <laughs> yeah. if I heard I could work with Zimbabwean MSU students and just expose them to tech life this is what we do this is how we deploy things this is how we get our requirements we work with these people and then people know that okay serious work um and this could be a career for me or i could build a company that does something similar or different but uses the same framework and yeah do you think that would be something, am I dreaming too big or is it like not, is somebody who understands what people want, like, tell me, like, would people be interested? How is it? Well, is there something that uh, I've learned is most of the people that are into tech, if you give them an opportunity and you show that the opportunity is genuine, they are willing to jump onto it, you know, uh, as long as you're sure that it's genuine, uh, they're willing to jump uh, onto it. So I think, I don't know about the developers who are out of the country. Uh, if they were to come together to, you know, to like say that uh, we know how the landscape is, where we came from, uh, and we want to, you know, to make it better, we want the kids uh, back there to know, you know what is out there, to have that kind of, what can I say, world-class standards, you know, it could be possible. It all comes down to people working together, uh, developers at every level, from the, the pros to the you know to the beginners. Yeah, yeah, not just those outside the country, but it's just me like dreaming big. Like if there were some at Mars, I would also pull them in, like you know, as much <laughs> exposure as possible. But obviously, the ones in Zimbabwe who've been doing it for a while, the ones in South Africa, the ones all over the world. My point is. There is literally people out there at the very front of some technology. Like maybe there's a bunch of Zimbabweans working on chat GPT as well. How cool would that be to be like, yeah, I mean, I guess we all know chat GPT is just a bunch of machine learning and stuff. And maybe it's not super cool to everybody, but actually meeting people <laughs> who say, hey, I'm on this team and this is how we do it. Or I started this startup and this is how we do it. Um, 
those people who've formed like e-commerce websites in Zimbabwe, I don't know, stuff like that. And they're like, this is how we organize and how we do it. And we're making so much money. <laughs> uh, so I think it would be something cool for sure. Okay. So yeah, we are close to the end. But um, one of the things I read about you is your interest in space. Not a cool segue, but how, tell me about your interest in space. Well, it seems like someone is being, has been, you know, stalking me thoroughly. They, uh, I wasn't going to talk about it, but anyways, uh, here it goes. Uh, so what happened was uh, some time ago during, it was during lockdown, there was a club being formed that was, you know, that was venturing into, you know, our students can learn about space, how, can, how they can develop their skills, you know, when it comes to space-related issues. And I jumped onto it, not because I knew anything about space, but it just sounded like a cool opportunity for me to, you know, to get to learn more. And as I started learning more about space, it is actually interesting. Like, there's a lot to learn, like, uh, I still remember there was a time when we were trying to, to focus on precision agriculture using satellite imagery, which was something that I wouldn't have thought of if I didn't dive into, into the space cloud. But now I think uh, I'm done with the space stuff and I'm coming back to developing, developing stuff. Um, do you have any book recommendations for people? Uh, do you have a couple? Uh, the first one being the richest man in Babylon. Like, okay, I recently got a copy of I didn't like I knew that I, I wanted to invest in stuff, but it, it showed me a way to invest in things, into investing property and also I think for those who want to make it big. Uh, that is one book that they should read. Then um, maybe, you know, for me, it's just the self-motivation books. I'm not going to refer any textbook to anyone because I wouldn't want anyone referring a textbook to me. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. What about your favorite movies? People do say I have a weird choice of movies, but... I think uh, I love the late 90s, early 2000s movies. Like, it doesn't have to be a specific genre or something. Uh, I just love all of them. Like, I'm so intrigued by the storytelling that those movies have. And for someone who's trying to, who will be pitching a lot, uh, I think I can learn more about storytelling from them. And not only, it's not only about you trying to do the pitching yourself. It's also about how I get, you know, caught up in the story, like uh, maybe for an hour or, or 90 minutes or so, I'll just be like, you know, in the, kind of like into the movie. If if something happens uh, in the outside world, I think uh, I'll be totally lost. I won't even notice. That's definitely weird. I'm joking. <laughs> it's not a weird <laughs> choice of movies at all. I think for me, I even love how, like last year, I I watched some movies and they took me back in time. And well, for me, it's like movies in the 50s, 60s. Not that I watch them, but I watch movies from now, which talk about those times. And it always makes me imagine, because usually for me, I was born, uh, I don't know if I should give away my age, but basically when I think of the 90s, I see... I imagine like the world is not the same. Like my world becomes colorful when it's now the 2000s. So it's always so cool to go back in time and be like, wow, people were actually here. They actually lived like this. They had similar skin. It sounds weird, but I'm actually like, um, <laughs> whoa, they were real. And there's been people like since the 1800s and they've been doing these things and this is how society has evolved. And it always like, makes me go into deep questioning and stuff like that which is so cool 
okay. You have the opportunity to shout out three people. Who are you going to shout out? You want to get me in trouble if I have to choose three people now. Okay. Uh, if I were to shout out to three people, I, I, I won't be able to do this. Do There's five. just too many people to shout. Do five. You still want to get me in trouble now. Because you can okay. come back next time and shout them out again, or you can buy them flowers to cover up. Oh my god, okay. It seems like you have this thing of putting someone in a corner. I was in expecting this, uh, but anyways, um, I think uh, if I were to shout out to five people, I thought the first one would be like uh, my mom. No. for always believing in me and stuff you know always being there for me no matter which way i was going uh, even when it didn't make sense she was always there then um uh, i have an uncle that I'm, i would shout out to uh for the financial support because without the financial support i don't think i would have the privilege of just staying at home not look for a job work on a Say that I want to work on a setup. I'll be out there, you know, uh, with a bunch of CVs, uh, passing them around like uh, flyers. Then, uh, okay, uh, I hope that you don't laugh, but I do have a girlfriend, by the way, and I'd love to shout out to her. Uh, yeah, for being supportive because being on this tech journey, it takes a lot away from you, the social life and all. But she is understanding uh, 20% of the time, uh, which is a lot compared to other people. Then um, probably my brother and my friends, uh, I'll just put them all there. My, my friends are, you know, from school, from different communities. Uh, I'll just put you all as one on the fifth spot so that you, you don't fight me, you know. Yeah. Who? Me? You're shouting out me? I don't want someone to shout out to you. Oh, why are you shouting me out? I'm just curious. Okay, this is like uh, the Vogue, the test magazine of the Zimtech community. So me being there, it's a great honor. I mean, oh, thank you. That makes me, I, I don't think that at all, but thank you. And I hope your mom is going to listen. You're going to make all those people listen to this podcast. And um, yeah, see how you've come through life. I don't know if, I mean, there are probably people in your life who know everything they say out here, but I think especially parents, sometimes they don't really understand what software development is, what your plans really are. And so this might help maybe not but yeah thank you so much um so i've learned a great deal about you you've been very generous with your information and i think you are one of the most honest um just openly super happy humble people i've had on this platform and i'm like whoa love this energy um but is there anything you've learned like these past hour, this past hour we've been talking? Uh, I've learned more about you, uh, your journey. I think I can connect bits and pieces. And that is just enough for me to be inspired about what you are up to. So I think uh, it will be my turn to return the favor of stalking your profiles, <laughs> uh, you know, catching up with what you're doing, what you've done. Yeah, but... Uh, I've also learned that uh, I think I'm not the only one out there who's uh, weird, as you would put it. Uh, even though I didn't say that you are during the interview, I actually thought it, but I didn't get the chance to say it. So I'm yeah, weird. I think in a good way. I will not rephrase that. In a good way, you are. Uh, from <laughs> what you've been telling me, unless you were, unless you're lying. Uh, Wait, what I did think, I tell you? Uh, you I think you'll be doing the editing. So as you go through the podcast, you hear you said a lot and I was No, give me down. examples. Give me examples. 
I'm just curious. Love and movies from the seventies, from the fifties. Oh. Like who does that? Oh my god! I mean, not the movies, but movies from now where they tell stories from back there. That is super cool, and I'm so proud to be. If that's the weird you mean, like I wear that as a badge of honor and. Thank you for remembering that. Uh, thank you so much for being on this show, uh, which you call the Time Magazine of Zoom Developers. That is so cool. <laughs> I would say you have the opportunity to just, I don't know if you've ever been through struggles in life where you've really been like, damn. But do you have any piece of advice for anyone going through a very rough patch in life right now? Uh, I think... Uh anything you know anything life just comes and passes so it is just a passing phase no matter how hard it is no matter how easy it is it is just a passing phase a year from now you'll be looking back at it and it'd be like you know maybe things will be far much worse or far much better but uh whatever you're facing will pass i don't know for the best or for the worst but it will pass okay that is real um even heartbreak even losing a job, uh, what are the worst? Oh, one of the things that is so hard to get. Okay, so thank you so much for showing up to this platform with your full self and sharing your whole journey. Now I'm talking to the people listening to this podcast. If you want to be a part of this podcast, like Brendan and all the other cool people we've had, make sure to DM me on Twitter or fill out the form that I have on my pinned post on Twitter. Or you can also leave a YouTube comment I think Spotify allows comments as well. Thank you so much and let's do better for our country.